Hello and welcome to Innovations, a podcast series brought to you by the experts at Sanford Health. You're listening to our 18th episode, Committing to a Cure. The practice of medicine goes far beyond clinic walls. The Innovations podcast looks at the biggest issues facing healthcare today. Each episode offers the opportunity to see the ever-changing world of health and wellness through new eyes. Our leaders offer out-of-the-box solutions to some nagging questions. Today, we're excited to be talking with Dr. Carl June. He's the director of the Center for Cellular Immunotherapies with the Perelman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. June has developed an FDA-approved therapy to treat acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or ALL. He's also a 2020 Sanford Lorraine Cross Award finalist. Dr. June, it's a pleasure to be talking with you. Well, thank you. It's a really uh, great pr- privilege to be here. First, let's get to know you a little bit. Tell us about yourself and the work that you do. Uh, sure. So, you know, I trained uh, in um, chemistry in, in uh, college at the Naval Academy and then uh, via securities route ended up going into medicine. And um, I became fascinated uh, during my medical oncology training in uh, how the immune system worked, because I saw examples of how it could go haywire after mm-hmm. bone marrow transplant. And I saw the power of T cells, which are the main part of our immune system that evolved to kill cancer. And I, I saw that um, at a time when we didn't know how to grow T cells even or give them as a transfusion. So my mi- initial entry into this field began back in the early 1980s, really with immunology as my goal to study the immune system. It might be uh, tough to answer the question or put it into words, but since then, I mean, how much have you learned? Yeah, well, it's been, um, you know, more than a 30-year journey, but first of all, we had to learn how to grow T-cells, and that took about 10 years, uh, because our therapy of making so-called CAR T-cells is... Uh, the patient themselves starts the process by donating some blood, and then we we actually made a um, the virus uh, HIV, the virus that actually uh, infects people and gives AIDS. We use that as a tool to reprogram the patient's T cells so they become leukemia specific til- uh, killers, and those are called CAR T cells. And uh, so we. Um, use that, the virus then as a Trojan horse, it brings in DNA code, it, it makes now the patient's own T-cells kill cancer cells, and uh, we first started testing that in patients in 2010. What is your why? Where's your passion come from? Well, you know, mine was really very clear, uh, and probably in two steps. Um, I got fascinated by the immune system when I saw, as I mentioned, haywire T-cells able to kill people in just uh, a few months, and that's uh, after a bone marrow transplant. Literally, your T-cells can destroy an organ, such as your liver, uh, in just a few weeks. Uh, And autoimmune disease kills, or actually affects maybe 10 to 20% of people with diabetes, psoriasis. Mm My mother had a, an autoimmune disease called lupus, and my daughter has one called ju- juvenile arthritis. So I got basic interest in immunology from there. That was my why of how the immune system can be controlled. And um, can you tell me the stories? I understand it's they're, they're incredible stories about Bill Ludwig and Emily Whitehead. Well, okay, you know, so the way medicine uh, goes ethically as we begin experimental therapies in adults, uh, and then later 
children. And so uh, the first patient we treated was in uh, July 31st of 2010. And as you mentioned, his name was Bill Ludwig. Uh, he was a retired U.S. Marine who had been in Vietnam and then was a, a prison warden. Uh, and in 2010, he had leukemia that was not responding to chemotherapy. And he uh, thought he was going to die. He'd already paid for his funeral. And we treated him with these CAR T cells in July. And he got very ill after. We didn't know what was causing this, but he actually got worse, was in the ICU. But he woke up about three, or, three weeks later. And when, you know, at that point he was stable enough, the doctors examined him, they found his leukemia was gone. Wow. And he had had, we, you know, we can do imaging with CAT scans and other things. We knew that he had had more than five pounds of tumor and that it all Jeez. went away in three weeks. Oh, that's incredible. What yeah. was, I mean, it, what was your reaction? So, when I mean, well, I'll tell you. So we, I was incredibly... Uh, surprised because it actually worked better in him than it ever did in our mice. Wow. So when we got the report back, and I'll never forget this because I've looked back at the emails, it was day 28, it said the bone marrow has no leukemia. So I said, I don't believe it, please biopsy it again <laughs> on the other side. So the bone marrow biopsies are done on one of the hips, they went to the other side, the same thing came back, no leukemia. Wow. How much pride did you have? Well, that, it was surprise. At that point, uh, and I mean, he was delighted. He, he, you know, he came back in August of you know 2020, just in the middle of this pandemic this summer, and he still had no leukemia, wow. and and so it was durable. He got to see his grandchildren, you know, where he thought he had, was going to die. And um, what we didn't know then was would it ever was that some miracle? Sometimes the first patient works, and then it it's a dud after that. Well, it worked reproducibly. Two of the first three patients we treated, like Bill Ludwig, have been in remission now for 10 years. And the other person had a partial remission. That's incredible. Tell, uh, talk to me about Emily. And well, so then Emily was a, the first child we ever treated. She was six years old. And uh, like Bill Ludwig, she had, um, and as you mentioned at the top of the show, she had acute lymphoblastic leukemia, ALL, which uh, when it becomes resistant to leukemia, I mean, the chemotherapy given for the leukemia, it's usually a, you know, a six-week survival. So mm -hmm. she went on to the study with that prognosis, and uh, we treated her, and within days, she became much worse. She had a fever of 106 degrees. Jeez. We didn't know what was causing it. It turned out um, she had a very high level of a, a blood protein called interleukin-6, which causes fever, and it was actually caused by her CAR T cells killing her leukemia. Mm. And within three weeks, just like Bill Ludwig, she was in complete remission. Really? Wow. So, it, and, and she's now, I, I had dinner with her father last night. Uh, she's been, she's now 15 years old and a straight-A student in high school. Yeah. What a, I mean, what a moment that you were able to, to share with them. And even last night, you know, recollecting that with, with her father, um, did you forge kind of a relationship and a bond? Oh, it's been, uh, you know, she's almost like one of my children. Yeah. Because uh, um, I have a daughter <laughs> who's a year older. And and I and she's an only child, and you can imagine if you would lose your only child. Yeah. And, uh, so they're completely, uh, I mean, very grateful. And she's now. I learned last night 
she she um, has been spreading. You know, she's become uh, has more than four hundred thousand followers on Twitter wow. and is encouraging other children to get vaccinated as soon as it's FDA approved. Mm. So she is spreading um, really good things now herself as now being the beneficiary of, of a new therapy for cancer. Let's switch gears now and uh, talk about the Sanford Lorraine Cross. What's it like to be a nominee? Uh, what does this recognition mean to you? Well, I had, I had not heard of it. And then, um, you know, it, it's been delayed a bit, I have to say, because of the COVID. Uh, but it's been a really exciting journey. You know, first of all, there's been my the other co-finalists, uh, to meet them and to you know to hear their stories, you know, one thing common between us all I think has been persistence. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time for when you start a new scientific field for the you know for to prove it actually works. You have to be persistent, and um, uh, and and so that's really been great. I, I hadn't known about this amazing network that Sanford Health uh, has, and. It's been great to learn about that and, and, in fact, the international outreach. What have you enjoyed most about this entire process? Well, I think meeting new people, and that's the fun part of uh, now medical research. You know, uh, it's international, and and all people are susceptible to getting cancer. They have friends or relatives that have had that, and to be able to, uh, you know, we have a lot of different languages, but there's only one language across you know, internationally, and that's this medical research connected to improved health. You mentioned uh, persistence. You know, what do you love most about the life-changing work? And then is there is there something that, that motivates you to keep persevering when you run into any roadblocks or anything like that in the work that you do? You know, so um, I like to make the analogy to um, sports. Um, you know, I, I played um, – football and basketball when I was in high school and you know um, you have to be used to failure Mm -hmm. uh, in sports you know batting average if you even you know if you're a a baseball player and you can hit one out of three times that's That's success that's really good and yet so science is one of you have to have the ability to mostly fail. Most experiments don't work, which is why we call it an experiment. But every once in a while, you hit a home run. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's extraordinarily rewarding. So you have to have that persistence to keep trying and trying different things until you finally get it right. And I think that's what's in common with scientists. How would you hope to motivate future science and medical researchers? Well, that's um, you know a great question because... Um, you know, a number of surveys have shown that, you know, the lay public isn't aware of the benefits that are happening because of medical research. I think, unfortunately, COVID's given us a great boost to this. People have learned about the immune system uh, and um, where they really never thought about viruses and the immune system much before unless they were, you know, an an infectious disease specialist or an immunologist. So, one of the things science has probably failed at has been lay education, and I think this is a great outreach part of what the Sanford Lorraine Cross Award is about. Well, Dr. June, once again, thanks uh, thanks for coming here today and talking with us. It's been been a great time to talk with you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity, and and hopefully, this you know the the message about the importance of science and medical research can really be spread. 
Before we wrap up today, I'd like to remind you that the Sanford Health Innovations Podcast is now available on your favorite podcast apps like Apple and Spotify, as well as our website, Sanford Health News. If you enjoyed this conversation, follow us, give us a thumbs up, and share your comments. We love hearing from you and hope that you find these conversations insightful. Thanks for listening. I'm Simon Floss with Sanford Health News.